In today's episode, we are interviewing Mark Allen Grolo and asking him all about the unboring efficient. This man, you guys, has put together an online course, much like Heather and I have, and he is spilling all the details on why he made that pivot and how impactful it has been for his business. Trust me, this is a good one. My cheeks hurt from laughing so hard. You are not going to want to miss out. We are gathered here today to bring together the wedding community. Whether you are a seasoned pro, a newbie planning to start your own wedding business, or an engaged couple hoping to see behind the scenes, we're here to share tips, tricks, and laughs with you as we talk weddings. The Union Podcast is a show that aims to build a community for those in the wedding planning trenches. Join Jamie Wolfer, Heather Laurie Fear, and special guests in roundtable discussions about the challenges and joys of the wedding business. And now, here come your hosts, Jamie and Heather. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to have you. I am so thrilled to be on Union Podcast. Hey, now to kick <laughs> things off, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Uh, well, I am a professional full time wedding officiant, and I just love crafting a personal moving ceremony. And, and, you know, a lot of officiants, I think that's what we're all going for. But I really love to focus on the couple's story and make it all about them and really offer guests as well the kind of experience that makes them laugh and makes them cry. And I just feel like a wedding ceremony should really reflect the couple and not just the gravity of the day, but the way people met and got together is usually pretty ridiculous. It's hilarious. It's embarrassing. There's lots of ups and downs. And so I just feel like a ceremony should really reflect the emotional journey of the two people standing there today. So that is really what I strive for. And I do that mostly by telling the couple, making sure the couple, everybody's relaxed, the guests feel great. And it is just such a fun time. Yeah. So your goal is to, uh, to hit everybody with the feels in every department. All of the feels, yes. <laughs> Except maybe like horror movie feels. Mm. That's one we try to leave out, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, we can probably avoid that one. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes, again, like I don't know if, if how you got with your significant other, but there are some like horrific moments that actually come up in the story. And if the couple's good with sharing that with me, then I'm sure as heck going to share it with all their friends and family in their wedding. So sometimes we do cover all the feelings. Yeah. It go. seems like you really angle your ceremonies towards a story that you really bring people yeah. into it as an experience. Yeah. I don't know if I should just go right into my origin story or anything like that. But really, I started doing weddings as a minister and I couldn't stand doing weddings because it was just like, it was the only way I'd ever seen weddings done was just kind of like from the can. I even went to seminary. And in order to pass one of our assignments, we had to write a wedding. And it basically had to be the most horrifically boring wedding you've ever seen. And I got an A. And then I started doing weddings that way. And I, I just hated it. And then I caught wind of maybe making it more personal about the couple. So I kind of tried that, started to like it more, floundered a little bit in trying that. But when I kind of hit the magic of telling their love story and turning it into a system and a formula. That's when I quit the ministry and then just became a full-time professional wedding officiant and haven't looked back. Awesome. Well, we love your mission about helping couples have unboring weddings, which who wants their wedding to be boring? No one. So that old canned example of a ceremony, I love that you toss it out and you're doing something that brings the story to life and brings that ceremony to mm. life. Now, how as wedding planners, photographers, how all these different types of wedding pros we have listening, how can they help their clients plan a more meaningful and memorable wedding? Well, man, I have so much respect for planners like you. I mean, I get to work with planners and I see what you do and I can't even wrap my head around how you do that. <laughs> so I would have a hard time at all kind of presuming to speak into how a planner could do better or a photographer or anything. I mean, typically these people are ninjas at what they do. But one thing that I come up against with officiants, and so I'm not sure maybe you, you guys can speak to this with planners, is like in a nutshell, I would say be as personable, be as personable as possible. And when I 
speak at conferences or whatever, I try to distinguish between personal. Every officiant says, I'm going to offer you a personal ceremony, a personal experience. And sure, you can, I guess, customize the ceremony just the way any wedding pro can customize anything about the service they provide. But that personability, I think, is a whole different thing. And the way that I achieve that is I don't, when a couple reaches out and inquires to me, and I've heard you two talk about this on on the show here, try to connect with them like pretty deeply and in a meaningful way quickly. Don't just, so a lot of officiants, they'll get an inquiry and then they'll literally just say, I'm available. Here's a script, tweak it, change some things, send it back to me and I'll see you on your wedding day or something Mm -hmm. like that. And that is shocking to me because I think the wedding day is so emotional and personal. And I think you want to really connect with your vendors. I don't know. Is that true as planned? That sounds good to me. I love to offer my couples as much personableness. Personability. Personability, yeah, as possible. I mean, it is such an intimate experience to be a part of someone's day in the way we are industry. Mm. And so I think making sure that they're super comfortable with me and that I'm just there in a way that's very positive and adding a good energy to the room. And I think that's all stuff you're kind of sorting out as you're in that research mode and looking at vendors. And so that is a big suggestion for vendors out there who are trying to get more clients and grow their business that putting that effort in upfront to really get to know the couple and make them comfortable will help them decide to work with you and win those clients for you. Yeah, I know it's very expedient. I mean, we're always caught between like, we don't want every couple to take hours and hours and hours. The good news is couples also don't want us to take up hours and hours and hours of their time as well, right? So you're always striking that balance of like, we want to really get to know each other. But every time we get together, we want it to be concise and meaningful. So the best photographers I know, for example, because out in New Brunswick, where I officiate weddings, you get to know the vendors, see the same vendors all the time. And it turns into this awesome little cross community of vendors. But the best photographers will always meet their prospective couples over coffee first. And then they'll always try to build in an engagement shoot, for example. And a lot of chemistry gets struck up in the engagement shoot, lots of laughing, lots of intimate. And then on the wedding day, it's like you kind of know each other. And so for me, I always make sure to have a chemistry check with every couple that inquire. As I say, let's jump, let's grab a coffee or jump on Zoom video, get to know each other. And then I always do the wedding planning session in person. I have a spreadsheet. I sit down with them and I say, let's talk together through every element. And we laugh and we chit chat. And then by the time I get to the rehearsal, which I do insist on having, you know, they have a lot of confidence in me. I've met with them a couple times. Then I very competently direct their loved ones. We laugh again, have a really good time. So by the time I get into the ceremony, everybody, the reviews are always say, you know, they think that their guests in the reception typically think that I was a friend of theirs. <laughs> mm. But really, I'm just a paid vendor. But it's because we've, we've had those typically three high touch moments, the chemistry check, the wedding planning session, and then the rehearsal. And when you do all that in person and work with somebody, it's amazing how fast you can develop a rapport and chemistry with a couple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's something that I always tell clients and I'm like always saying the same thing on my channel too. And that's the personality of your vendors really matters, which now perhaps I should change it to the personability (laughs) of your no one's going to know what I'm talking about. Unless I'm not they saying that I'm saying it the best way. So. Uh, I know. I just love that we're inventing <laughs> here. But for me, so many times people are like, well, how do I decide between a photographer? How do I decide between a videographer? And I say, it's the personality. Mm. You really want to make sure that you enjoy the sound of their voice. Yeah. You enjoy their presence. They bring out the best in you. Yeah. And I say that because there was a vendor on my wedding day who like was like, a cheese grater on my nerves. Mm. So I know firsthand what that feels like when you're kind of like, oh my gosh, I just don't want to be around you. It's my wedding day. This is distracting. This is frustrating. So how did that happen? How did, what do you mean? How did that happen? How did you end up working with that? Did you kind of ignore red flags? Did you not meet them before? Yeah, I think I ignored them. So maybe I'm not supposed to ask any questions. (laughs) No, that's good. I like that. We'll ask the questions here. Excuse me, sir. You are the guest. I'm just really interested in how you let that happen. (laughs) Well, 
<laughs> it was, we had met before a couple of times. There were a couple of flags, but I was like, okay. it's okay. Yeah. My guess is it was a high stress situation that mm. really highlighted some of those personality traits that I had seen snippets of before. So knowing that that was my feeling going like at the end of my wedding day was like, wow. I mean, I saw portions of this, but maybe under stress, this person just doesn't like perform the same way. Mm. That was probably more me ignoring flags and less of like, because we had spent plenty of time together. Okay. So yeah. And a little bit of not knowing what I was doing and not knowing that yeah. personality was important. Mm -hmm. So Which now that I know that- why you shout that from the rooftops now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So now that and I'm I also amazed. That, I'm impressed that you got through that segment without ever betraying remotely who the person was. So that was well done. <laughs> yeah, you like that? It was nice and sneaky. Um, yeah. So that's something I was gonna say. I've seen couples get themselves in that situation many times, and then as someone who's called in to help support them later in the process, have to help backtrack them out because that's also part of the problem for couples is if they hire a vendor, got a good recommendation, they're halfway through planning and then they're getting those red flags that they don't know how to maneuver out of that situation gracefully. And yeah. that's tricky too. Yeah. 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 So I think it's important to give that permission up front to say, like the person, yeah. like it's one thing to pay attention to package pricing and compare and contrast. But when it comes down to it, I would rather see my clients spend $200 more on someone because they like them more than mm -hmm. just try to save that $200. Of course, what budget they have is the budget they have. I'm not going to push them out of their price range, but to really focus on, okay, but who made you feel good? Who are yeah. you excited to spend time with? Who are you like, yeah, yeah I could be friends with this person. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't say yes to all of those things, there is a chance, I'm not saying it will, but there is a chance that it could impact your wedding day in a negative light. So it is important to keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also that's where your your marketing is really important as well. I mean, I think for me, it's a little bit easier because at unboringwedding.com, I just make sure that the way that I market myself, I, you had a great podcast episode with Max. I think it was like episode two, about the difference between marketing and advertising. But I have really used that myself to say, I want somebody to land on unboringwedding.com and immediately know if I'm for them or not, because we're not for everybody, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so that's really key is like, I don't want a couple that is straight laced and stodgy and doesn't want their story. And so that's why there's big splash pictures of, you know, unboring wedding, first of all, and then couples laughing. And then you go to the next page, another, my friends make fun of me for this, just <laughs> like, oh, Marco, you ha 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 ha. Like, it's kind of like a thing that they make fun of. But it's because I really want couples to either identify like, oh, that's the kind of ceremony I want. Or another couple that's like, whoa, whoa, this is not for me, you know, and back out they yeah. go. And I think that's important is that mm -hmm. they can see themselves working with you or even more importantly, not. Yeah. They're seeing those pictures of smiling faces and just going, that is far too much fun for me. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone to say that it would be me, but I do like fun now. So you know what, Mark, this sounds like a great plan. No longer like fun. <laughs> Did you guys have serious weddings? Oh, would you say kind of more on my that? wedding was the fastest wedding ceremony of all time. It, okay. it was legitimately okay. including, this is actually even embarrassing to admit on here, with us coming in and exiting at the procession, recession, everything, five minutes. Is, wow. Is that not the most ridiculous thing? It was also... Well, yeah. It didn't even have time to there be There was no time. I guess that's the one silver line. It was... <laughs> What? Yeah, I know. Well, the problem... Wait, is this just coming to light yeah. now? I should ask I've a lot more questions. It. Yeah, that this was... <laughs> we are spilling all the secrets today. Well, the issue was that it was very cold and we did not have a good backup okay. plan. Oh, Again, man. the there. errors you make yep. when you're DIYing this stuff and you don't have a professional helping you. <laughs> and yep, we planned a wedding in November. It was very cold. And as soon as the efficient mm. showed up, I was like, whatever you have planned cut it to a third of what you were going to say. And he's like, excuse me? It was only going to be like 15, oh, 20 wow. minutes. I'm like, yeah, a third, like a hard stop. We People are going to freeze. It was also literally torrential downpours the day of my wedding. Cars flipped oh, over on man. the freeway on the way there. It was like chaos. Wow. I can't even explain because this never happens in San Diego. So this is crazy because like the total opposite situation. I had the same situation like last fall. It was the worst torrential rain day. Everybody's teeth were chattering. It was outside like a covered part of a hotel, but 
it was outside and I went, everybody was freezing. They're arriving. They've got those blanket throw things, but everybody's turning blue. And I went to the bridal suite and I was like, Hey, everybody's really damn cold. And I'm wondering like, do you want me to cut out the story? And she was like, we are not cutting the story. I've been looking forward to the story for months. And that's what we paid you for. And I want everyone to hear our story. And in the back of my mind, I was flattered. But in another way, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, because like, it takes a good 10 to 12 minutes. And, yeah. and, and sure enough, everybody was freezing, but everyone was still laughing. Hey. And so it's just hard when people are uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. But she would not have it without the story. Hey, you know what? I see the point in that. Had we done that, though, we literally would have been under like a deluge of rain. So it was actually a good call because we got to the reception yeah. after and it like the skies opened and no one could walk outside the rest of the night. It was insane. I think at that point that we hadn't had rain in San Diego for like 270 some days. And that was the first day oh. of rain. All right, you guys, you know that Jamie and I love a nice resource, a little tool, a little software to keep our lives in the flow as we're doing our work. Absolutely. You guys know, I've talked about this in episodes before. I used to be so chaotic behind the scenes. I had different binders for every client. There were notepads all over my house. And then I'd be racking my brain trying to figure out when did that person inquire? When did they reach out to me first? When's the last time I heard from them? What's going on with my life? And then I found HoneyBook. You guys, I see you love HoneyBook. When I found out that this was a resource, that each individual client could have their own portfolio and I could store things there and share things with them. It was a game changer for my business. Now I don't have to second guess when someone contacted me or how long an inquiry has been active, nor do I have to organize everything into individual folders on my computer. No, no, I've got HoneyBook, my sweet, sweet HoneyBook to take care of that for me. So you guys should be like Jamie. She is a wise woman. Go check out HoneyBook and you can get 50% off on your HoneyBook account by using our special link, theunionpodcast.com slash HoneyBook. Go check it out. And we are pretty sure you're going to love it as much as Jamie does. Given that I made the call and we had a micro wedding ceremony during our normal and, wedding and everybody and everyone just focused right? on the party and it worked out yeah. but yeah i'm taking us all very off topic sorry about that no i'm you know? you're spilling some secrets that i feel like the, the world thing needed to here. know we had it's ridiculous how short our wedding was and i didn't even know that until i saw the footage my uncle had recorded because mm. of course we were too broke to afford a videographer and so mm. saw that video about 6 years later he got it to me finally and i was like it was that short because like in the moment you have no idea the, the length of time and but you know everyone was really thankful oh yeah they the were all like time. that was like every guest was probably like thank yeah, god they were like this is yeah. A, yeah, exactly. an awesome wedding like we just got to go do the fun party part we didn't have to sit here and you know do any of the stuff that maybe some people didn't want to do prayers or something you know they yeah. were like let's get out of here but anyway Jamie, uh, any con- any confessions from you no, honestly, our ceremony was, I mean, well, I already confessed hating a vendor, basically. So, like, I mean, I feel like I've filled my confession quota. But you did it so well. Oh, thank you. And I, I think hate's probably a strong term. But hey, it's a quippy yes. little soundbite, isn't it? Um, no, our ceremony was great. It was probably about 20 minutes. Again, it went by in, like, a blur. Our officiant did a phenomenal job. He was a, a pastor friend of ours who had known mm-hmm. us for the majority of our relationship. So, did a great job of weaving in the funny with the silly. That's great. And my husband's vows brought everyone to their knees and everyone huh. was sobbing. And I was like, wait, huh. that was supposed to be me that did that. But yeah, <laughs> it, I'm not bitter. It's fine. No, we had a, I, I would say like a relatively normal ceremony by all, awesome. by all standards. That's good. That's good. We had some people who were running late who literally didn't make it from their car to the chairs in time. They saw us walking in hmm. and it was that quick. <laughs> they were like, how is it already over? I'm like, yeah, it's cold. We're from San Diego. We can't be outside this long in the cold. We will die. San Diego. But uh, <laughs> so Mark, part of what we wanted to talk to you about, because Jamie and I have our own online programs. We know you have mm-hmm. that aspect to the unboring wedding. And I think yeah. so many pros out there are pivoting or considering a pivot right now towards some virtual offerings given this whole pandemic situation. 
Um, can you? Sh- oh, that doesn't make this episode very uh, evergreen. Well, are we, know, are, is this going to air during? They should have a virtual <laughs> offer regardless. So I'm, I mean, this is yeah, something we yeah, had before true. and it just happens to be at the moment something that a lot mm-hmm. of folks are realizing they should have. Can you share yeah. a little bit about what you do with your training online and kind of your experience of building that out? Yeah, sure. I mean, it was just a case again of unboring wedding becoming, I was just getting booked up and I was just a solo vendor by myself. And it just came to that point where I had a choice. I mean, the typical thing when you get to that point is to start recruiting other officiants under you, build a company of local officiants. And I didn't want, so I was faced with that choice. Like, is it time to bring some people on? Because people were asking me, how do you do that? How do you do that so consistently? How do you tell your story? You know, when word gets out, people just start asking, what's your method? How do you? And so I thought, well, do I bring people on and create this little army of unboring officiants incorporated? Or can I teach my style and my system? And that is kind of one thing I emphasize about a course is it's typically a style and a system. Is there a way that I can kind of get this out and open source this to the world, essentially? Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what has happened. And that is what I love about this is I'm not training people and cracking down on, you know, my team and it's not a group of employees and, you know, standards that we have to uphold. And I take a cut of their wedding work. That just doesn't sit very well with me taking 20% or I've worked for a company for a little while, 50% of every wedding I did went to the company. And yeah, they were, I know, I understand they were, they were marketing and stuff, but I just thought I can go out on my own. And then I just, put this package together. And it has been such a rewarding, wonderful feeling to have somebody come in the course. Sometimes it's just a dad who wants to totally nail it. He's been asked by his daughter to officiate or something. Sometimes it's uh, somebody who's been curious about officiating and they're thinking of going pro, but typically it's somebody who has a wedding coming up. They don't know what they're getting themselves into. They buy the course and for $297 discounted, it's $597 typically, I just teach them from start to finish how to create this system and then basically let them go and follow up with them on Monday. And it's always out of the park. And there are people all over the world doing this. That is just such a rewarding feeling that I've kind of like sent people out and people all over the world, Africa and Ireland and Australia, are grabbing this course, telling love stories and getting back to me on Monday and saying, that was the most incredible experience of my life. I want to do it again as soon as I can. Oh, that's awesome. So it's just such a great thing to give them a taste of that. Yeah. I mean, you're really giving people the tools to do this themselves, whether they're wanting to go into it professionally or just for a relative or friend. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a lot of planners too. Mm. And this is a kind of bummer. In Canada, it's very strict, but I've had planners who would watch, I'd work with them and then they'd observe me officiate a wedding from the back. And I had many planners say like, I think it would be a great lateral move for me to also become an officiant. And in Canada, it's almost impossible. You have to either be a minister or a justice of some sort. And so I often had to say, unfortunately, I don't, unless you want to go to school for four years or something, it's not really possible. But like in the Mm -hmm. States, a lot of planners go on and get their universal life church in five minutes online, Mm -hmm. bam, they're a minister. And so that's what's incredible is like this idea that I've seen colleagues of mine have as wedding planners, they can't do it. But in the States, well, I guess I'm talking to you, Heather and Jamie, you could do this. (laughs) I can officiate. I got my certificate. I know. (laughs) Have you officiated? I have not officiated. I've done public speaking gigs, but no, I haven't. That's a good like ace in the hole to have in case things go crazy on a wedding day and the official, like yeah. something goes way yeah. off track and you're someone that knows the couple, you, Jamie, particularly is great at public speaking, can get up there mm. on a great show for this <laughs> ceremony. I think she would nail it. Well, and that's what I always tell my couple. I always write the story, write the whole ceremony on Google Docs and it's 100% there. So I literally tell them I could get hit by a bus on the way to the ceremony. <laughs> I know, a grisly yeah. image. But somebody could, especially if somebody like Jamie with public speaking, like it's sitting there on Google Drive. Sometimes the planner even prints it out. A lot of the time I'll get to the ceremony and the planner will have printed it out because I share it with the couple and make it shareable for them to share with all their mm-hmm. vendors. 
And so Jamie could just step in, read the story, bring the house down, drop the mic and walk away, start her new career. Yeah. I don't know. Fishing. That feels like a lot of pressure, guys. <laughs> well, what about right. me? I'm the one who got hit by the yeah. bus in that scenario. So. That is yeah, but I'd be the one on stage. So if you could <laughs> not get hit by a bus, that'd be great. You know, because we're so close and we're obviously going to work together sometimes. Well, <laughs> the opposite corners of the continent, but yeah, okay. literally. Okay. <laughs> Now, with that in mind, I mean, in the U.S., couples are often to have relatives or friends, someone. It's growing year over year over year, more and more. Yeah. What's your experience with your training teaching people like that? Do you find that they, since they have the kind of relationship with the couple already, that developing this sort of unboring wedding can work out pretty well for them? Yeah, absolutely. And that is, again, that personal, personable thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if that's the best. But I spoke at Wedding MBA last year uh, to a room full of professional officiants. And that's what I kind of said is like this cutting edge. Professional officiants have all the experience. Mm-hmm. And so they know how to do like a personal ceremony. But unfortunately, friends and family are way more personable typically. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I find couples, just as weddings evolve, couples are actually choosing like their buddy or bride sister or dad or aunt Maisie who is awesome they just choose people who they know and are more comfortable with and they say yeah i know they have no experience but they actually choose that personable side over experience and over the customizing and the personal all the things that typically wedding officiants put on their website as like all the features and value Unfortunately, it seems, and every time brides.com or The Knot or whatever does a survey, every year more and more and more couples are choosing friends and family. Mm -hmm. And so again, with a little bit of training and help, unfortunately for professional wedding officiants, friends and family, absolutely, they crush it. On their first Mm -hmm. try, they just deliver the most incredible ceremony with the know-how And again, my favorite thing is to follow up on Monday morning and say, hey, dad, how did it go when you officiated your daughter's wedding? And and he just talks about how he was the hero at the reception. (laughs) People had never seen anything like it. And and I don't doubt that at all, because if you're tasteful and you bring like a command and a poise and you know what you're doing, you can't help but not crush it. And I know, I mean, Heather and Jamie, you must see the full gamut of incredible ceremonies to like snooze fest, cringeworthy mm-hmm. ceremonies. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so that's where like somebody like me who's done hundreds of weddings and done this over years and years and years, I can coach people into like, they say, well, I have this idea to say this or do this. And I'm always like, ooh, that never works, actually. <laughs> You're not going to be the person who sticks that landing on that joke when everybody has failed before you. So uh, a lot of the time, it's just talking them out of doing things that are going to embarrass them, or even in terms of the flow of the ceremony, that won't work there, that won't work there. So that's a long way to answer your question. Like first time wedding officiants do absolutely amazing. And that's where I really want more couples and planners to find that out. And unfortunately, a lot of the resources out there are either like business classes for wedding officiants, like officiants trying to get a professional business off the Mm -hmm. ground, or they're like these planning, like, you know, you're not universal life church or whatever. They don't really teach you. They'll give you a script or something and say, I don't know, stand up straight, project your voice, rehearse your script, something like that. It's not the specific of this works, that works, this doesn't work, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And so once somebody knows that, they can just ace it on their first try. That's what I'm finding. I'd say about 50% of my Wedding Hacker Club members are currently planning weddings with friends or family being me. Wow. Yeah, it's because I work with couples on tighter budgets. And I think with the Mm -hmm. current situation going on, a lot more couples are going to maybe have to drop their budget a little bit. And this is an area where when they think about it and they're like, hey, I want this personal feeling. I'm not attached to a specific church affiliation where I feel like I need to go Mm -hmm. through a certain route that this opportunity is there. And with courses like yours to support it, it makes it even easier and a little bit more affordable than what it would be for a lot of the professionals. So I see this as something that's a great resource, especially for those budget couples. And what your couples probably don't know is the side that I see is 
I'm on the internet. I'm on YouTube. I'm kind of like the person. When somebody Googles how to officiate a wedding, I've really worked hard on my SEO and stuff to be the face that pops up on page one or on YouTube. And I get emails from the lovely handpicked officiants of couples like the ones in your club. And it's always, I'm so honored that my friends chose me or my daughter chose me. I would never bother them with this and I would never admit it to them, but I'm terrified, I'm overwhelmed, mm. I'm lost, I'm panicking. Mm. I mean, those are literally the words that, I, that they use. Mm. And so that's where I just step in and I can assure them like, you're going to do great. Whether it's just watch all my YouTube videos or grab some of my guides on my website or take the course or get my quick coaching package, they just need to be assured that they can do this. But a lot of the time, they don't tell their couple how panicked and overwhelmed. They just kind of yeah. like say, I'm honored and thank you so much. And then they go into a dark hole all night researching, grabbing snippets on the yeah. internet and yeah. finding canned scripts Looking and things like that. Looking through your Medium page, that's where I first saw what you were doing. And I was like, I love this yeah. guy. He has got fantastic information. So um, I yeah. can see how you are helping not only these couples, you're also really helping those friends of the couples who are mm. really panicking yeah. and crying into a pillow. Well, because I think that's the big difference between it's like robots versus heroes. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, like, elaborate. Because, because <laughs> when you see an efficient who's clearly never done this uh, yeah. or is clearly not comfortable doing it, they mm. almost have robotic delivery or their mm. nerves will kind of consume them. And they're just like reading straight from a piece of paper. Yeah. It goes super, super fast. So you can't understand what they're saying. Yeah. I've had an efficient forget to do the vows. I've had an efficient forget to do the exchanging of rings. Mm. I've had an efficient almost forget to pronounce them until I'm like waving like a wild person in the background <laughs> because they're just a robot trying to get mm -hmm. through this. Yeah. And then what you said, Mark, is that you'll hear so often from, from the people who go through your course they were the hero at the reception yeah, yeah. because they were able to break out of that robot, almost like coping mechanism that so many people will slide into because they're scared or they don't know what they're doing. They're honored, but that doesn't mean they know what they're doing just because they're Well, they don't know if it works. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. I really think the kind of person you're describing, they're being robotic because an officiant does read. You know, I read my script because I craft the story. Every word is delivered, every pause. So you read a ceremony, but you read it in the way that, you know, a public speaker would read hmm. their script on the lectern in front of them, that you pause, you look up, you wait for the laughter, you know when there's emotion. And really the key for every first-time officiant is that confidence piece. If they're confident with their script, it's been vetted, they know it works, they've had somebody look it over and say, this kills, this is incredible, hmm. then they don't walk up there with all those feelings. So to me, it's not necessarily the reading that's the problem, it's getting up there and being like, is this brutal? Is this brutal? Maybe this is terrible. And as they're reading it, all those feelings are crashing in on them, yeah. especially if they look up and see some quizzical faces or the couple is sweating or uncomfortable or that kind of thing. And then all those feelings just start happening up there. You've got to walk in saying, I know this script is incredible. Hmm. And to me, the only way to get there is to have somebody who knows what they're doing, having looked at it, read it, and assure you that yes, this does work. Because there are some tricky, awkward transition things about a wedding ceremony and about a script that sometimes just don't mm -hmm. work. And really yeah. crafting something, like you said, to build the emotions in the right way and take people yeah. on a journey. It's a quite a craft to do that well. And it's yeah. amazing you're able to help people through that remotely. Okay, quick interruption for you guys, but only because we're really excited about this, okay? Okay, we started a Facebook group. Yeah, because we want to connect with you guys and we want you to connect with each other because we are not just trying to be here on the microphone chatting at you. We want to connect and make a community. So come join us on Facebook in our group. It's called the Union Podcast Community. Join the fun. Let's support each other and rise together with our businesses. And let's be friends. Yes, please. <laughs> See y'all in the group. See you there. Did you have any challenges or any things that surprised you about taking this turn to the virtual format of doing this? I think it's been incredibly rewarding, but all the pivoting, like you don't just like create this thing and shove it out in the mm -hmm. world and say, there it is, everyone. Feast your eyes upon it. You, 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 you have to. I mean, so some people started buying my course, but the, again, 
then I started finding out that I was missing a whole segment because in my automated email sequence, if people didn't buy, I asked, why didn't you buy if they passed on it? And I know you guys are all into email mm -hmm. lists and sequencing and things like that. So I started getting responses like, oh, I wish I could have taken your course, but I only found you four days before the wedding and I don't have time for a course. Mm -hmm. So that went on for a few weeks and I was like, I just thought of it. It was really bugging me. First of all, I was shocked that people procrastinated that much. Like they're literally Googling how to write the ceremony four days before the wedding. Mm -hmm. So maybe that speaks to a lot of the experiences you're talking about. But then I realized I can catch this group of people with a very quick coaching program. So I literally invented something and shoved it in my email sequence where I basically yes. said, hey, do you have no, is the wedding coming up in three days? Let me call you. And so people would click on that and then they would see my message, which says, I will mail, I'll send you my own professional wedding script that you can just adapt and use. And I'll jump on the phone with you for 30 minutes the day before your wedding ceremony. And that way you'll have a script adapted that you know works. And then I'll just jump on the phone with you and walk you through all the tricky parts and make sure you're ready. And that started to actually almost outsell my course because there's so many procrastinators out there. Mm -hmm. I realized like that's an example of like, if I hadn't added that little, why didn't you buy the course? I wouldn't have discovered that. And then when I discovered that, I was just bothered by it for a little while. But then it was like, wait, what can I offer? What can I like invent? What would they need? And so I feel like anybody creating a course, definitely create the course, put it out there, put out the thing that you think people want. Hopefully you do it with the proper amount of market research and knowing what people want. But then you might have to pivot. And you might have to pivot again. So for example, what I've done here now with the COVID-19 thing, weddings have just completely evaporated this year. Hmm. My YouTube views just plummeted and that's my main driver of leads. People are not Googling how to officiate a wedding the way they were. And so I literally just watched everything evaporate. Courses stopped selling. Mm -hmm. But I had this email list of 5,500 people that I've kind of gathered over the years and who have survived all the various purges of my list and things like that, the cold subscribers. And so I just sat and I thought, I wonder if I steeply discounted the course, like insultingly low for 149 right now. It's kind of a group rate and jumped on Zoom. I've never done this before and offered like a live, let's do it as a group and I'll just kind of teach them the course which I know very well, but I'll just do it live on Wednesdays and Thursdays, one hour Wednesday, one hour Thursday, one hour Friday if necessary, for six weeks because it's a six-module course. So I just threw that out to my list. Hey, would you be interested in 149? It's never been that low, but we're all facing dire circumstances. If you can't pay that, let me know what you can pay. If you can't pay anything, I'll let you in for free. And it was incredible. 50 people signed up. And so that was like $6,000 of immediate mm -hmm. income that I never thought I'd see. Yeah. as couples are all postponing and all that stuff. And it has been incredible. And right now is such a forgiving time to jump on Zoom and try something because everybody knows everybody's trying stuff. Mm -hmm. And it has been an amazing, again, pivot and I'm learning and I'm serving this email list, these people that never bought anything from me before, and they're ready to try something new as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's all about like pivoting and riding the waves and reading the times and figuring out what you can offer and how you can offer it to the people who might need it. Yes, I agree that initially as I rolled out my program, I thought one thing was what folks needed. And what I realized is it mm. was really kind of in one niche aspect. For me, I am for the majority of the folks I work with in my club, I'm helping them with their wedding timeline creation. And that's uh. where they're willing to pay a little bit more, really get the guidance and develop something where the front end course, like that's great and that's helpful for people. But I've been doing similar things to you, especially with this whole situation unfolding or even just as things are a little bit slow. I'm like, here, I'm giving some away. I'll open up 20 spots mm. for super deep discount or for free or all different things. Because yeah. for me, just building that audience and also helping people I mean, I really do mm -hmm. want to help these couples who are on a thousand dollar budget and I feel bad to take any portion mm -hmm. of that because I'm like, you're going to need every dollar to do anything <laughs> that you're going to be happy with. Yeah. So you do that, be in this program for free. And then I know that a big portion of them are going to need the handholding in that specific module where 
that's the part that I actually can cover my bills and keep the business going. Mm. So it's interesting as you develop an online course that sometimes you think it's one thing and then really yeah. you're going to be doing one specific part of that and the rest of it. Yeah. Not so much. Or there's a whole segment, yeah, or there's a whole segment that it's actually useful for, useless mm-hmm. for, which something else would be useful for. And you've got to try to, I think that's why staying in touch with your list or trying to elicit responses from them. How did you find out like the timeline thing was more valuable than perhaps something else? Was it just kind of organically coming from Well, them? it was because I have, I do calls every month with everyone in my club. So they have the option to call and it's not like I take attendance or something. But they can come on there and we talk about what's going on with them. And I was finding so many folks who would join early in their planning process. And then I had a huge segment of people who were also on my email list, but they weren't joining the program. And it was the same Mm. sort of way that those folks I invited a few times onto calls. I was like, hey, you know what? We're opening the doors. Everyone can join in who has questions. And they hopped on. And as we discussed things, it was them basically saying, Oh, well, I'm like 90% done planning my wedding. I have my major vendors booked. You know, I don't have anything that's really going to be difficult for me to figure out at this point. And I'm like, what about your timeline? Cause that's like one of the main deliverables from a wedding planner. And it's really right. essential to keeping that amazing team of vendors you just put together all on the same plan and making sure the day runs smoothly without you getting a bunch of phone calls and texts. And they're like, really? (laughs) It's that important? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's (laughs) real important. So once... Oh, I've officiated many a wedding where there's no planner and it's exactly what you're talking about. I'm watching it happen an hour before the ceremony and it's just like, oh, I so wish you'd gotten a planner. And I'm like, if you're going (laughs) to be working on a budget and you can't afford to have a coordinator there, you need the plan to be pristine and super organized Mm -hmm. and you know... Aunt Sally's in charge of picking up some flowers over here and your cousins bring in the AV system. And, you know, especially when you're doling out jobs like that to keep things super limited on that super limited budget. And so working with couples on that, I found is really where almost every single couple that I'm in touch with needs help. And it's something that Mm. for me, it's like super second nature at this point, similar to you with with what you're doing, because I have a system for it and I've done it many, many times. So That's just how it goes. I feel like with an online course, it's like an ever developing project. And uh, for those of you listening who don't have an online anything, if you're going to build it, just be prepared. It's it's going to be a process and layers to it. And you know, in the future, I might find that parts of it that I'm not necessarily thinking are the big money makers now are actually are. And it's just kind of continuing to keep a pulse on it and building it out and adjusting as needed. Well, that yes. is what's crazy about... Oh, sorry, Jamie, you finally... <laughs> Come on, yeah, Mark. <laughs> Y'all are monopolizing this You're still here? You're still I'm here, like, good. I'm like, when they let me in, I've got like 72 things We're just so in love with email lists, Jamie. You know, we're just all excited about it. But yes, we I know, but you guys are talking about all these changes that you're making to your courses. And I'm like, I literally haven't touched Well, maybe you hit a home run on your first at bat. Okay, girl, but not all of us. We're just trying to get... An average. Well, now I'm panicking because I'm like, oh, shoot, I haven't changed anything. Like, I haven't heard feedback that anything needs to be changed. Apparently, I wrote desert instead of desserts on one of the PDFs. <laughs> no, like, an extra S. It's are people okay. not telling me right now? Like, what's happening? Well, I mean. Well, if it's selling and you're not getting refunds, then that's, that's a good that's sign. Solid. Yeah, I mean, we've had a few refunds. Um, yeah, everybody like, does. But for the most part. I would think we did make a pivot because of everything that's going on. And I'm offering yeah. currently, I don't even know when this is coming out, but for April 17th, we're offering 50% off of our six month access, okay. which because like you, Mark, my views on YouTube have dropped and I don't know if you're monetized yeah. or not, but yeah, I am. my monetization has gone down like $2,500, $2,600 yeah. a month, which that's is like, wow. that's our income with yeah. no weddings wow. being booked right now. With yeah, exactly. So I was like, well, snap. Okay. I want to be able to help people. <laughs> What are we going to do? So that is, see, I'm, I made a small pivot. I made a small change. Does that count? Can I be in the cool kids club now? Hey, you're going to be in the cool club. Don't worry. You're already like president or something. But I think it's, it's just something also coming together with other folks who have these sort of programs. I'm like, there's so much yep. ability for us to collaborate and good to come from yep. it because folks who are interested in what I'm doing or what Jamie's doing are definitely interested in what Mark's doing. 
there are folks who like tapping into online resources. Maybe they just have the ability to get things done at their computer at home a little more easily and they're not really wanting to go out and do things in the normal traditional way. And and that's cool. I think it's a, a very shared group of potential clients. So yeah, I think that's a huge part of what we got to be doing too. Mark, mm-hmm. did you have any benefits of offering this online course that were surprising to you? Well, yeah, I mean, it really has, a, I've wanted to do a wedding officiating like with couples, like actually officiating weddings full time. But, you know, there is that in Canada, especially there's that six months we call winter. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar uh, with that. Down I've heard of it. But, <laughs> but it gets pretty lean, like in December, January, February, March, in terms of weddings here. You get maybe the odd Christmas wedding or stuff, but like just November and February are typically awful. Everyone's just depressed and eating chips those months. Australia came through in a huge way. So when I lost this course, it got us through the spring, the spring, the summer, sales were increasing. And then I thought, well, that's it. There's going to be a downturn. But hey, it's wedding season in Australia when it's winter here. (laughs) So that's another example of like, if you've got a really successful course, it's always five o'clock somewhere. It's always wedding season somewhere, as they say. And so that has been huge. And really, it's allowed me to focus a hundred percent on doing weddings, which I think is rare, especially in Canada, for somebody to be a full-time wedding officiant. A lot of time they need to do something else, general contracting during the day, or they're a minister, or they're a lawyer, or something like that. But I am like just a hundred percent eat, breathe, sleep wedding ceremonies all day long. And like I say, the biggest reward, not just in terms of income, which has been totally life-changing for our family, but also just being able to serve and empower people like literally all over the globe, that is so incredible. So I know you guys have the same thing inside your course, inside your club. You, you're dealing with people that you could never otherwise reach. I mean, I've got officiants in New Zealand and Australia and Africa. It's just the UK. And when we get all together inside the Facebook group and start chatting and some of them connect and then work together, it's just such an amazing feeling saying, like I facilitated all that because I had this crazy idea and, and put together this course. And I guess I really don't want to leave anybody feeling like they need to totally know 100% all the ins and outs about how to do an amazing course. You just got to like get started on the journey as we mm. talk about like, hey, fellow vendors, like just put something together. And it is a significant amount of work, but I had no idea how to do anything course related when I started this. You might think, well, did you have some wedding production background, some editing, sound editing video? I knew how to do nothing. I'm an English lit major with a theology master's degree. And then I was like, I want to officiate weddings. That's so fun. And I had to teach myself all how to put together everything Mm -hmm. of a course. And it has been an amazing ride. So I would highly, highly recommend it. That's awesome. Well, where can folks find your course? Where can they find more of what you've got going on? So if you live in New Brunswick, you want to get married, (laughs) what are the odds? (laughs) Unboringwedding.com, obviously. But the course that we've been talking about is called unboringofficient.com. And I would love for especially planners like yourselves, who I know when planners hear that their couple is choosing you know, the groom's buddy, Ben, or aunt, again, Aunt Maisie or something. Sometimes I think planners like cringe a little bit and they're like, oh no, because you don't know what they're going to be like. I would love to take that uncertainty off of your audience's hands and say, if you point them to unboringofficient.com slash union, because we're on the union podcast here, you can get access to the course. And typically if you find, if somebody finds their way to my list, They get a seven-day clicking, ticking deadline kind of thing where they have seven days to take advantage of 50% discount. The course is $5.97, but for seven days, they can decide to come in or not, and it's $2.97 if they get it. But I just want to make that a standing offer for Union Podcast listeners that it's just $2.97 all the time for anybody listening to this. If you go to unboringofficient.com slash union, you can get the course at that price. And I'd love to work with, if you're a planner, the couple you're working with, if you're a couple, get that efficient of yours through the course and you're going to have an incredible ceremony. 
Okay, so we're going to take a break from the episode really quickly because we got to tell you about our friends over at 50flowers.com. 50 Flowers is the customer-centric online destination for wholesale flowers. Shipped fresh from the farm straight to your door. They believe that flowers have the power to elevate any day or occasion into an unforgettable sensory experience. So whether you are designing your dream wedding or event or styling an editorial photo shoot, they take pride in providing you with the highest quality flowers that will inspire your vision, ignite creativity, and empower you to create a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Be sure to shop online at 50flowers.com and use code UNION for 10% off your order. You're such a kind soul. (laughs) Thanks for that. I like honestly, I'm pumped. I'm like, okay, who, what of my couples can I share this with right now? Because Lord knows some of their efficients are definitely going to need it. So thank you so much for making that offer available to. Well, I look forward to meeting them. Thank you. Also, I do have to say, I'm pretty sure you get some massive brownie points because you cited like three or four different episodes on our podcast. You just like dropped them, like, oh, yeah. And then (laughs) it's the union podcast. Come on. Like, what? Can we make it a requirement, Heather, from here on out, that all of our guests have to listen to every yeah. single study up? It's as cool as In a few years. I wanted to know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> frankly, so. Oh, so it was self-preservation. Cool, cool, cool. Well, that's good. We're glad you got to explore a little bit about what we were doing before. Well, I think it's really cool that you have a podcast for wedding vendors. I mean, I have appeared on podcasts before that are more like planners like yourselves aimed at couples specifically i won't name those podcasts because they're probably you know your competition <laughs> but you guys are all about collaboration and that's what i yes, love you like you, you are constantly about collaboration that is what i'm all about as an efficient i didn't want to start a team of efficients that then had to compete i just like yeah like learn how to do an unboring wedding and then go off into the world and do your thing so i love that you're all about that and there's nothing more fun than and I'm sure you get this where you're at. You start working with the same vendors. It starts to feel like a little team, a little home team. And I know you guys had that big event, like mm-hmm. right at the end of February, March. Like you got that yeah. in just in we time did. before the quarantine. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> before just, everyone was I was like, whoa, that was close. Mm-hmm. We barely made it. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, we're still in the afterglow of that. And we had intended to talk about yeah. it on an episode, yeah. but things haven't really felt appropriate to talk about networking events right well, now maybe for the next one i'll just hop on a little plane and head on sure. down there. yeah do it. <laughs> well thank you so much and we're so excited for you to be at our next event for sure everyone will be looking for you to you know i look forward to you providing oh, the airfare oh, wow okay well we're gonna build things up here on this Call podcast, us out, you guys <laughs> we're gonna build things up we're yeah. gonna have to monetize this son of a gun so we can get mark out here Every course sale goes to my airline <laughs> ticket. There you you must have visit San Diego bad. <laughs> I so do. I really, really do. Well, thank you yeah. so much, Mark. We really have had such a fun time chatting with you. And thank you. This was a blast. I mean, it's an amazing resource for people. So a lot more unboring weddings coming for all the folks out there. It's going to be awesome. Amen Thanks to for that. what you do. Thanks for giving us wedding vendors. So much good stuff. You've just walked down the aisle of today's episode of the Union Podcast. Thank you for celebrating today's show with us. We hope that you found a little gem of wedding wisdom from this episode. Please let us know your feedback by sharing a screenshot of this episode on Instagram. Be sure to tag at Union Podcast so we can hear your voices. Let us know what topics you'd love to hear about on future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Until next time, stay lovely, wedding friends. Yay! Okay, that felt like a good mm-hmm. ending, yeah? <laughs> that was very fun. I really enjoyed chatting with you, Mark. This, this was a good one, that Mark. Was fun. Thank you. I had a blast. Thanks for being unboring. <laughs> oh, that's See what good. I did there? No pressure on myself with a name like that. I know, really. You've got to bring it all the time.